The Philippine Supreme Court provides security for former Chief Justice Lucas Bersamin following death threats against him. The Justice Department ready to investigate those threats. Philippine Vice President Lenny Robredo tackles a drug war with the enforcement cluster of the Interagency Committee on Anti-Illegal Drugs, or ICAD. The Philippine Bureau of Immigration sends hundreds of illegal foreign workers back to China. And the U.S. House Intelligence Committee opens its first public hearing of the Trump impeachment inquiry. The American president says he was too busy to even watch the proceedings. Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. The Philippine Supreme Court is providing security for former Chief Justice Lucas Bersamin, who has been receiving death threats. The High Court confirmed the threats against Bersamin, but did not say where they were coming from. Manila's Justice Department says it is willing to investigate the matter and provide additional protection for Bersamin. Bersamin retired last October 18th. The United States has expressed its full support for the Philippines' war on drugs. That's according to Philippine Vice President Lenny Robredo, who co-chairs the Interagency Committee on Anti-Illegal Drugs, or ICAD. Robredo met with officials from the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, the State Department, the FBI, and the U.S. Agency for International Development Wednesday. The issues discussed include having a clear baseline data on the drug situation here in the Philippines, amending Manila's Comprehensive Dangerous Drugs Act, and strengthening programs on drug use prevention and community-based drug rehabilitation. The Philippine Immigration Bureau deporting more than 300 illegal workers back to China. Immigration spokesperson Dana Sandoval says the first batch already left via three chartered flights this morning. Two more are scheduled to leave at 8 this evening. The cost is covered by the Chinese government. The undocumented workers were part of the more than 500 foreigners arrested in Paranaque City last month for their alleged involvement in an online investment scam. The Immigration Bureau says it is stepping up its crackdown on illegal foreign workers, mostly Chinese. We're not targeting specifically the Chinese per se, but what we're looking at is all the foreign nationals who are working here illegally. We've seen a rise of the arrests um, from, from last year to this year. I think it was more than tripled. So we're very aggressive when it comes to arresting um, the illegal aliens. We have arrested, I think, around more, more than 1,500 for this year already. Motorists and commuters brace for heavy traffic in parts of Metro Manila and nearby provinces today as the Metropolitan, Met, uh, Metropolitan Manila Development Authority conducts a traffic simulation for the upcoming Southeast Asian Games. Let's get more details now from ABS events' Ron Gagalak, who joins us on the line. How are things looking out there on the streets, Ron? Well, Carmina, the uh, Metropolitan Manila Development Authority is uh, all set to conduct the traffic simulation exercise this afternoon as part of the preparation for the forthcoming Southeast Asian Games. What will happen is that from several hotels in Metro Manila, where athletes and officials are billeted, they will be escorted by the MMDA and the PNP through a convoy towards the Philippine Arena in Bulacan for the opening ceremony of the Southeast Asian Games. Traffic officials will implement a stop-and-go scheme where motorists will be stopped for a while until the delegate convoy are able to get through. The simulation will be conducted to determine any problems that they may encounter in the midst of the traffic gridlock 
during the actual days of these three games. Roads that will be most affected will be the stretch of EDSA, Ross Boulevard, and the North Luzon Expressway. However, other roads such as Makapagal Avenue, Quirino Avenue, Mindanao Avenue, and the South Luzon Expressway will also be part of the simulation exercise. The Metro Manila Development Authority said the delegates convoy will use the yellow lanes but will also traverse through the underpass and the flyovers. Although it will only be from 1 to 4 o'clock this afternoon, some motorists believe this simulation activity will add to the traffic mayhem experience already in the metro. The MMDA, however, assured the public that they will try their best to make the simulation exercises less inconvenient for those motorists that will be affected by the stop-and-go scheme. Here in Metro Manila, Carmina, around 20 hotels will be used for the SEA Games and around the same number of sports venues will be the competition site. The U.S. House Intelligence Committee begins its first public hearing of the impeachment inquiry on U.S. President Trump. Our North America Bureau Chief T.J. Manotok has some of the highlights. Committee will come to order. Good morning, everyone. As the public impeachment hearings finally began, House Intelligence Committee Chair Adam Schiff immediately laid the groundwork with his opening statement on the impeachment inquiry on President Donald Trump. The questions presented by this impeachment inquiry are whether President Trump sought to exploit that ally's vulnerability and invite Ukraine's interference in our elections, whether President Trump sought to condition official acts such as a White House meeting or U.S. military assistance on Ukraine's willingness to assist with two political investigations that would help his re-election campaign. And if President Trump did either, whether such an abuse of his power is compatible with the office of the presidency. Our answer to these questions will affect not only the future of this presidency, but the future of the presidency itself. Meanwhile, the top Republican on the House Intelligence Committee insisted the Democrats' impeachment inquiry is a carefully orchestrated media smear campaign. In his opening statement, California Representative Devin Nunes told the hearing's two witnesses that the Americans' trust in the government has been damaged. By undermining the president, who they are supposed to be serving, the elements of the FBI, the Department of Justice, and now the State Department, have lost the confidence of millions of Americans who believe that their vote should count for something. It will take years, if not decades, to restore faith in these institutions. Ambassador Bill Taylor, the United States' top diplomat in Ukraine, and Deputy Assistant Secretary of State George Kent, went on and explained in meticulous testimonies the series of events that led up to the controversial phone call that is now at the center of the impeachment inquiry. Taylor reiterated that it was clear to him that an investigation into former Vice President Joe Biden and his family was tied to a U.S. military aid. By mid-July, it was becoming clear to me that the meeting President Zelensky wanted was conditioned on the investigations of Burisma and alleged Ukrainian interference in the 2016 U.S. elections. It was also clear that this condition was driven by the irregular policy channel I had come to understand was guided by Mr. Giuliani. Ambassador Sondland told me that President Trump had told him that he wants President Zelensky to state publicly that Ukraine will investigate Burisma and alleged Ukrainian interference in the 2016 election. Meanwhile, it was the first time that Kent has elaborated in public 
that Nearly Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, who was tagged Trump as being part of an unofficial foreign policy working on Ukraine, that Giuliani ran a campaign to smear the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. Over the course of 2018 and 2019, I became increasingly aware of an effort by Rudy Giuliani and others, including his associates Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, to run a campaign to smear Ambassador Yovanovitch and other officials at the U.S. Embassy in Kyiv. During the late spring and summer of 2019, I became alarmed as those efforts bore fruit. Some new information did come out from the public testimony of Taylor, now speaks of a July 26 phone call of Ambassador Sondland and a staffer of Taylor, saying he could overhear Trump asking about the investigation. Sondland said then Ukraine was ready to move forward. So your staff member overhears the president asking about the investigations, meaning Burisma and the Bidens in 2016. And Ambassador Sondland told President Trump that the Ukrainians were ready to move forward? He did. You were the when the Republicans had their time to question the witnesses, majority of their time was spent on digging into 2016 elections conspiracies and the questions of corruption or ethical issues with Hunter Biden working with Burisma. Ambassador Sondland, meanwhile, is set to testify next Wednesday. The hearings resume on Friday with former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, being the center of attention. DJ Manotok, ABS-CBN News. U.S. President Trump did not tune in to Wednesday's hearing, saying he was too busy to do so. The hearing coincided with Trump's meeting with Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan at the White House. It's a witch hunt, it's a hoax. I'm too busy to watch it, so uh, I'm sure I'll get a report. There's briefed? nothing, there's, I have not been briefed, no. There's nothing there. I see they're using lawyers uh, that are television lawyers. They took some guys off television. The latest now in the unrest in Hong Kong. A man dressed in black falls to his death in the district of Tsingyi. Police are still investigating if the incident is related to the anti-government protests gripping the Chinese-ruled city. Parts of Hong Kong have been paralyzed by the demonstrations as train stations, schools and businesses closed. Police, meanwhile, justify their use of force, saying the violence inflicted by the protesters has reached a deadly level. I think the, the whole the Hong Kong community has been under great pressure. Not only police officers, uh, as well as uh, our citizens and also the protesters. And I, I would also, the, uh, uh, I'm sure that the, the rioters are under pressure. And the, uh, the level of violence used by the rioters has been escalate, escalated significantly throughout these five months. And uh, we have uh, stringent uh, guidelines on use of force. Uh, as we have been repeated here a, a, few, a number of times that uh, if rioters do not resort to uh, violence, police officers do not have the necessity to use any force. Well, there won't be a rematch of the Battle of Katipunan in the UAAP Finals. The USD Growling Tigers made sure of that by knocking out the second-seeded UP Maroons in their do-or-die stepladder series. The Tigers made a stunning comeback from four points down late in the fourth quarter to beat the Maroons 68-65. to USD point guard Renzo Subido made the biggest shot of his career, knocking down a three-pointer with under 23 seconds left. 
to give the Tigers a 66-65 lead. UST's Chabio then iced the game with two free throws as UP failed to score on the ensuing possession. UST advances to the finals where they will be or facing the unbeaten two-time defending champions, the Ateneo Blue Eagles. Game one of the best of three finals kicks off Saturday. Negated already. Right. Yo, stepping back. Ha ha! And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.